Welcome back to the World Trade Webcast. I'm Greg Sandler, president of thinkglobal.com, the B2B marketplace for global trade leads. This week on the World Trade Webcast, we've been talking with Stephen Coprince, author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, how to comply with the key rules and regulations, and avoid terminated agreements, fines, or worse. Published by the American Management Association. Steve, today I thought we could talk a little bit more about some of the specifics in the book that might help small businesses uh, understand in more detail you know, where some of the additional landmines are. Uh, also thought we might be able to talk about uh, how that relates to um, the standard requirements that are baked in to most federal government contracts. And I think it might be helpful to talk uh, a little bit more about what FAR is, what it means, and what its implications are uh, for uh, the small business contractor. Sure. Uh, the FAR is, is part of the uh, Code of Federal Regulations. It's at uh, 48 CFR for those of us lawyers who want to look it up. Um, if you ask a contract now, they'll tell you the FAR is the Bible because that's what they use uh, to uh, inform themselves as to just about every aspect of government contracting. Um, as a typical government contractor, there's just no way that you're going to read and memorize the entire FAR. No one does. It's thousands of pages long. Uh, but contractors do need to be aware of some of the key FAR provisions that are likely going to pop up in their contracts. Uh, these are usually found in contracts by what's called uh, FAR clauses, uh, and there's usually a, a lengthy list of them in a contract. Uh, a lot of contractors gloss over those because they uh, there are a lot of legalese, or they're just uh, incorporated by reference. They'll give you the name of the clause, but not the text. Um, and in some cases, it, it, it may not matter, but in many cases, uh, it, just glossing over or ignoring those FAR clauses can lead to uh, some compliance problems. Do government contractors um, have to meet um, minimum standards that are, that are baked into FAR? For example, are there minimum standards when it comes to salary and benefits or, or other sort of mandated clauses that are perhaps considered boilerplate that are in just about every contract? Yeah, yes, th there are. Um, there are a number of cl clauses that you'll see in, in uh, every government contract. For example, standard non-discrimination clauses uh, are in most contracts. Uh, any service contract, you'll see the Service Contract Act clause. Uh, government contractors, of course, are required to pay uh, certain uh, minimum wages. That's going to be found in every contract. Uh, you'll even see a clause in every contract, almost every contract now, that tells you uh, as a contractor that you should have a policy preventing your employees from texting while driving. It's a FAR clause. Uh, I haven't known anyone who got in trouble for, for violating it. But there are a number of clauses that, uh, that do show up almost in every contract. Others uh, depends on the type of contract and the contractor. Uh, what the book really tries to do uh, is drill down to uh, some of the key uh, clauses and compliance issues that I see in my practice coming up over and over again. Uh, not all FAR clauses are created equal, um, and so I really am focusing in this book on the ones that seem to be uh, most problematic for contractors, most misunderstood, and most enforced uh, by the government. Uh, that doesn't mean that others' uh, clauses aren't important or aren't enforced, um, but at some uh, point I had to make a decision as to uh, how the book was going to focus in a way that uh, made it readable uh, at a length that contractors could digest, and that's what we ended up with here. If contractors want to use your book as a jumping off point, uh, can they find all the FAR regulations online? Several websites that have uh, the current FAR uh, listed online. You don't need a subscription to LexisNexis or Westlaw or one of those sources. Uh, you can simply, if you, if you go to the, uh, Google and type in uh, Federal Acquisition Regulation, you should find a few sites that uh, 
will offer updated versions of the farm. What about uh, ethical and conflict of interest uh, requirements and, and, and other requirements? Are those things that um, contractors need to be aware of? Contractors need to understand the government's uh, rules and regulations regarding ethics and conflicts of interest. Uh, they're, they're sometimes um, sometimes can be the one and the same, but um, in many cases, a contractor is going to be required as a condition to having a government contract to actually adopt a written ethics plan with certain elements in it. Um, and, and whether it's required will again depend, as it often does, on the size of the contract or its contract. But any contractor, in my opinion, really should have uh, an ethics plan to help assure the government that it uh, takes these uh, issues seriously. Um, with respect to conflicts of interest, I think contractors really should understand the basic rules. What does the government consider to be an, an organizational or personal conflict of interest um, to make sure that these situations don't arise on their, uh, in their bids or proposals? Um, if it's uh, an OCI or personal conflict of interest is only addressed too late in the process, the contractor could actually lose a uh, contractor, lose their shot at, at award. So it's important to understand those even before a proposal is submitted. Thanks, thanks. And again, we're talking with Stephen Coprince, the author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts. And for more details on everything that Steve's talking about, uh, obviously, uh, you'll want to take a look at his book, which is a, a terrific uh, guide to uh, government contracting and a, and a nice place to start if you need to jump off into the, the weeds of those FAR regulations. That's all the time we have today. We're going to take a short break. And then please join us tomorrow for the final part of our interview with Steve, and for our latest schedule of upcoming Think Global webcast episodes, subscribe to us with any of the links below, and bookmark this page. All of our previous episodes can be found right here at thinkglobal.com webcast. And thanks for watching.